name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week we reflected on Christ our God asking only one thing of His people when they were faced with an impossible situation. And He would ask them, what do you have? And when they answered that question by offering the little that they had, which was not near enough to overcome the impossible situation. Christ took that little and took that lack and he filled the lack with himself and did the wonders of heaven for the benefit of man and for his glory and for the building of the faith of those who offered so very little to him and saw what God would do with just that little bit. And today we reflect on another question. It's perhaps one of the most important questions that is naturally within every single soul that's ever create, been created by God since the fall of man. In fact, I would say this, that if we really took stock of our thought life and the things that are inside of us, every single one of our souls is crying out for an answer to this question. The question, although it seems very basic, it is not. And that question is this, who am I? What is my identity? As a human person, who am I? And I believe that underneath every action we have, every thought, every emotion, every pattern that we have, we're either experiencing one or two things based on that question, we're either experiencing an endless, desperate crying out and a search for an answer to that question, but we still haven't found it yet. And so there can be great frustration in our lives. Or the answer to that question can lend itself to the experience of becoming most settled within our souls, at peace, content, relaxing into the astonishing wonder of what has been revealed to us as to what our true identity is. And what's the basis? What makes the difference between those two experiences that I just described to you? It's all about what we make the source of the definition of our identity. What's the voice? What is the source telling us this is who you are? Because if the source of my identity is coming from within my own broken human spirit and mind. Or if my identity is being defined by my painful and hurtful experiences in this fallen world, either by things done to me by the hand of others, or the results of things because I've chosen poorly. If that is, the, that is going to be what defines my identity, the voice inside my own brokenness, then I am forever going to exist in a state of inner agitation, disturbance, restlessness, and an anxiety that simply will not go away because every human soul is searching to have that revealed to them so that they can relax into who they truly are. You see, no human being, not one of us, was created from the very beginning in paradise even today to have to or to be capable of defining ourselves from within our humanity. We weren't built for that. Think about the garden in paradise. How was mankind 
to see themselves clearly by walking with God in the garden. By beholding their Creator. That's how they were to come to their true selves. And the more that we try to define ourselves from within our own brokenness, the more frustrated we're going to remain all throughout this life with the darkness of mind and spirit. Rather, like I said, my friends, we were created to discover and peacefully settle into our most true identity by the experience of an external source, not internal with our brokenness. That is by the experience of our Heavenly Father through absolute true fellowship with Him as He shines His face upon us and when we look upon Him, we relax into the fact that we're seeing ourselves because we have been made in His image to grow in the likeness that we're beholding. And there we see, and only there, we see our true identity. And by that experience, our souls literally relax into their most naturally created state. Oh, my friends, every soul in the world is longing for this. And every soul in the world outside of the ark of salvation and those inside that are not setting themselves before God, we're seeing the results of that that have always been the results of such self-definition. Self-proclamation of identity. If we look at our world today, particularly in this Western culture, and be mindful of this, everything that we are seeing today, everything that we're seeing today is no different than anything since the fall of man. When man searches for the truth and searches for his true self outside of God and lends itself to all the things that we're seeing today. What we're seeing is just the results of that erupting up in our culture. When we have abandoned God nor ever sought him, we're seeing the natural results of these things cropping up and erupting up, quite frankly, like a volcano, doing great destruction to themselves. We're seeing a culture of self-proclamation and self-definition. Some would call it the epitome and the, the natural result of humanism. Taking God out and everything that's true, it comes from me and I say what's true. You see, it's a very, very hard and hurtful way to live. We see all of these things and, and we've seen these things for ages. I, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. I'm not a woman, I'm a man. Or I'm neither. I take sex completely out of the picture because I have no clue who I am and I'm searching. And therefore, I have got to call myself something else like a they or like a them. We have this going on. We are seeing definitions by our dispositions. I'm a homosexual. I'm a lesbian. I'm an adulterer. I am this. See, the question is not about temptations and dispositions. That's not what we're hearing. When we say, I am this, oh, that's where we're locked in. That's where we miss it all. I have defined myself by a temptation and a disposition. And no human person, every one of us here, Every one of us here has extraordinarily and extremely strong temptations that come into us and impact the brokenness within and tweak the brokenness within. But none of our temptations are the definition of who we are. Our brokenness, the things we have a bent to that do harm to the soul, that's not our identity. It's our brokenness. 
It's our lesser existence that's speaking. Or perhaps we define ourselves from our past wounds, living from a broken identity because we have been wounded by the hand of others. We have been neglected. We have been abused. We have been unloved, uncared for. We have been mistreated. And therefore, that identity plays itself out, not only in how I see myself, but how I live. And how I live to others. My friends, I watch our faces as I'm talking about this. And I see a bunch of stuff out there with a lot of Christians in this world. And I see them when they see all of these self-definitions that are out there. I see some of them shaking their heads in dismay or disgust or anger. I see anger from many Christians because they fear that what this culture is becoming because of all of this is going to impact them. And so anger reels its ugly head. And my friends, i got to tell you the truth absolutely in love. Be mindful of how you look at all of the folks that are struggling with such intense self-definition. Because when we react to those steeped so lost within themselves of who they truly are, when we react in dismay, disgust, or anger, we are far from the heart of Christ as far as His eyes that are upon them. Because let me share with you how Christ our God sees them in these moments. He sees them no differently than He saw one that was lame that came before Him. One that was paralyzed. One that was demon possessed. One that was filled with leprosy. The adulterer. The tax collector. The sinner. He saw them all with the compassionate nature of God. Which absolutely and critically ached over the condition of what he saw before them. It's as if his compassion is, is speaking out when he beholds them. I created you for so much more than this. And you're living in such a lesser existence. If you would just come to me, let me show myself to you. I will heal that. And I will show you your true identity. It's as if he's saying to them and all of us who are living from our self-definitions. I did not create you to come up with and embrace your own identity out of such brokenness and fallenness. I came to show you who you really are by revealing to you who I am. And then helping you become that all the days of your life to come out of all of this. We need to be very careful when we look at the world and all we see around us. Always remembering that great statement that we say in the Mass that I am the chief of all sinners. I am the one who most belongs in the hospital because I'm still filled with self-definitions that need healing. And we pray that as we're in the ark of salvation, the very place where Christ our God reveals himself most clearly to us, that the vision of ourselves is becoming more clear all the time. We're beginning to settle into that peace-filled existence of knowing who we are by knowing who Christ our God truly is. Seeking that illumination. Let's talk about our identity as Christ proclaims it for a few moments. Christ through blessed St. Paul. In both our epistle reading from Romans 8 and our Matins reading from Galatians 4. Speaks volumes both to our true identity, who we truly are, and how we come to know that identity. In Romans 8, St. Paul says these words. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Listen to this statement Paul makes. He says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. My friends, you and I, we are sons and daughters of the living God. You are children of the Heavenly Father designed to fellowship with Him eternally. And by the fellowship with the Father, like a child with a biological father who spends all their time with Him, we take on their characteristics to become more and more like Him. This is what Paul is saying, and here's the key. You and I know this when we are baptized. We are filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, and St. Paul says, that Holy Spirit dwelling within us. He says that Holy Spirit is bearing witness to our true identity. He is bearing witness within us. Crying out, Abba, Father, that we are children of Almighty God. Romans 8 is only, by the way, one of the two times St. Paul uses that expression that we cry out, Abba, Father. There's another one. It's from Galatians chapter 4, which was read in our Matins reading today. And these words are this. St. Paul teaches, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out to the Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You see, this time when St. Paul talks the Father, Notice the difference that he says. Last time he said the Holy Spirit bears witness. And we cry out on the Father because of it. This time he says this. The very Spirit of the Son is the one crying out through us. Within us. To our Heavenly Father. Abba Father. Testifying even within our own souls. That our identity is not distance from God. But family thereof. Heirs of Christ. Sons and daughters of the living God. Try to picture that. I mean, I mean this. This is what our Lord is teaching us through St. Paul in these verses. That Christ, by His Spirit within us, is declaring our own identity as He cries out to the Father. And the Holy Spirit bearing witness to our broken spirit. It's as if the Holy Spirit is within us illuminating us. Desiring to enlighten us. As to who we truly are. Teaching our broken spirit all along the way. We are not that. We are so much greater. And as I said in the beginning. We can be astonished. At what Christ says we are. Because of who he is. And all that he has done. The key is. For the one to live the life. Of beholding him all of their days. Setting the attention of our souls upon Him all of our days. And it brings us back to the very message that we reflected on at the Transfiguration Mass. When our Lord Jesus Christ invited His precious disciples to come up the mountain with Him. And He invited them to come for a very specific reason. Because He wanted them to see who He thoroughly was. And when He was brilliant in His transfigured glory, so they saw their true selves and they woke up out of their slumber and the darkness rolled away. And it is the same impact that is there to be had. As Christ reveals Himself to us, we ascend in our personhood from the lesser to the greater, from the broken to the restored, over and over again by the experience of Christ 
where no more restlessness has to abide within this soul and your souls. I pray this shines a new light, perhaps on one of the, one of the statements by St. Augustine that we have contemplated here many times over, because it's very true when it comes to what we're talking about today, when St. Augustine taught that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O Lord. You see, our hearts are going to be restless every day and every moment of the day that we seek the definition of ourselves and our identities from our inner brokenness, from the illness within our soul, and from our past pains and hurts that we've experienced. We will forever be restless. But we will find blessed peace and perfect rest anytime we set our eyes upon Christ to behold Him. And from that revelation and experience, our souls will settle into that contentment that only comes and remains within us by hearing Him say who we truly are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.